Ryan Bingham has been every single day he posts a video of himself singing a song from like his house. And that has been excellent. Don't tell my forensic psychology professor, but when his lectures get kind of boring, I just go and watch whatever Ryan Bingham has released that day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me today is one of my favorite people, one of my favorite guests, uh, Bella Pori. How you doing, Bella? Hello. I'm uh, as good as I guess anyone is. Um, it's weird to ask people, like, how are you now? Because the answer is just, I don't know. Yeah, um... Yeah, I, we were talking before we hit record that, um, you know, it, this has been, this is the end of the third week that I've been working remotely, uh, which is really strange because I had just started a new job. And so um, my boss and I were talking about there that was not part of the plan when he started me on February 10th, like, oh, yeah, and within two months later, uh, we're going to be in a total lockdown and everyone were working remotely, right? Uh, so it is uh, strange, but you're there in New York. So, um, it, it, you know, how are things going? I, I know I asked you beforehand, but, you know, how's your circle of friends? It, it, what, what's the vibe there? So I have been in quarantine since like March 16th was when it finally, and I, I really resisted it. to the uh, current president, unfortunately. Yes. Um, but I was like, oh, God, nobody worry. Like, I'm so sick of everyone I know who is panicking. I, I am. A lot of people I know were panicking about coronavirus. And I was like, none of you got the flu shot. You don't get to be worried about coronavirus if you didn't get the flu shot. But so I was like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And then that, you know, that Sunday was the first time I started to be like, ooh, boy, I, I think it's not fine. Like, I, I think this is going to get uh so I kind of went into quarantine starting on that um, that Monday, and I have been in quarantine ever since. I have not had physical contact with someone since mid-March. I, like, talk to people via the Internet, but, you know, yeah. the, the extent of the face-to-face -face conversation I've had was with a woman in my building over laundry, and that's as much human interaction. It... Um... How are you getting food and groceries? I am so I am still going to the grocery store, but you know you, you keep it quick and you just talk to the people enough to say, "Oh my God, thank you so much for working and yeah. done as you can." Um, but no, I live about a twenty minute walk from the grocery store. Uh, uh, to people, it's like no one told Brownsville, Brooklyn, that there's a quarantine on. Like we have enough toilet paper, we're not running out of any food. Like. Mm -hmm. No one's panicking. No one's panic buying, I should say, and that's yeah. that's been very helpful. That's good. Um, yeah, I, that's got to be lonely. Um, we're we're 
I'm kind of blessed. Um, Chris had moved back home uh, last summer and was kind of saving money, going to figure out what he was going to do next. And so, and he had just started talking about, you know, maybe I'll find my own place. But in the meantime, he's here. And so he's working from home. You know. Yeah. I'm working from home. Yeah, not, not anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I, we, we joke about, um, you know, in the front computer room is where, uh, where I usually record my podcast is where Chris sits. I'm in the family room, the other half of the house, like on a laptop. And then Linda, poor Linda's stuck in the living, uh, the bedroom because she's like, I, you know, I, I, I can't go watch TV in the living room because you're on a call. You know, I Stay can't. On the line. Go, yeah, exactly. So um, we're we're okay, but it is it does feel a little crowded. Um, but at least we have you know interactions to talk to. I can imagine you know by yourself you're kind of. Hmm. Okay, well, I'll, uh, I'll, you know, let me make my soup for one. Uh, you know, the old, I don't remember if you remember <laughs> Elaine Boozler's old gear, old, old joke about that. It, it, I have to say, though, I think I'd rather be quarantined alone than quarantined with, like, a roommate I don't like. Good point. So we can find blessings there because I'm like, oof. I've lived with people in the past in college and after college with people where I'm like, Ooh, we were quarantined together. Like, I think I'd lose my mind. Yeah. So nice to be, you know, nice to be alone for that reason. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Bruce talked about that, um, on his recent, as we're recording this just a couple of days ago, he did his DJ set, you know, from the house. And he talked about that both his sons are solo and are enjoying the solitude. So, um, (laughs) you know, um, did, are you, is school suspended or are you doing it remotely? No, school is happening remotely. And I gotta say, I did not think that a 79 year old constitutional law scholar would be able to figure out zoom, but he has done an amazing job. He is still very much teaching our classes over zoom. He clearly hates it. Uh, but he is doing an excellent, excellent job. And then my other professors are doing well, too, but I was just very surprised yeah. at one of my professors because I was like, he's not going to make it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He's very, he's very cute and sweet, and he keeps sending us, like, very long emails, like, not just about constitutional law, but about, like, today I was walking around New York looking for a thermometer. And his emails are hilarious and delightful and bring us all great joy, but they all discuss him like walking around new york and we all keep emailing him being like professor rudenstein stop going outside yes (laughs) you're very important like you have a lot of knowledge you yet pass on to people please have your grandchildren pick up batteries for your thermometer yes exactly that's hilarious um the yeah so um when is the semester over um, mid-May, and okay. they just recently announced that all of our classes are pass-fail this semester, so okay. they're not grading it at all, because, you know, global pandemic. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, changing the world, it's just very different. I, um, I, you know, I can only imagine, I, I'm podcasting a Stay little on. bit more, right? Thanks. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I, I'm reaching out to a few people more than normal on podcasting because, um, you know, 
uh, Lynn and I are watching TV together and doing stuff, but um, we there's just so much other time available that well, yeah, why don't we visit, right? So well, that's the thing is because now I'm not commuting, I'm like, wow, well, I really don't want yeah. time in the day to do, you know. Uh, I'll Jesse and see if he wants to talk. Yeah. Okay. Besides going to school, what uh, is there anything else you've been? Uh, what have you been doing to track, keep track of your time? Any new music? Anything you're doing? That's well. So for a while, I was like, I'm gonna listen to one of my records, records in my record collection every day because my friend's father recently like cleaned out all. Of them. I don't want this many Bob Seger records. And so I received many of the cast-offs. So now I have, like, multiple Dire Straits albums and things. So I was like, I'm going to listen through those. Yeah. And I was doing that for a while and then, you know, kind of was like, oh, no, it's God. I, I don't have the motivation anymore. But hoping to get hoping to get back in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I We've we've cleared out the DVR. Um, and, so, um, and so now then we're kind of talking about what shows to binge. And to look on um, this week, I made a, a specific choice to um, often when I'm working from home, um, not permanently, but just like when I work from home in the past, I'll have the TV on in the background. And so it may take me three hours to get through an hour program, but, you know, I get through it. Um, this yeah, week I yeah. didn't. I do the same thing yeah. with my uh, like some certain assignment where I'm like. I'm just going to have a movie on. I'll pause it if I need to. And it takes forever to watch the movie. But I think that's watched. Yeah. And so this week I've done uh, more reading between. I, you know, so I've not turned on the TV except that when I get off work. And I've just been reading more. Stuff. I'm, I'm horribly. Yeah, I'm so bored by all of my books. What are you reading that's good? So um, I read Harlan Corbin's The Boy from the Woods is his new Ooh, um, okay. yeah yeah um it's really an interesting premise the um the you know this guy this young boy was discovered living in the woods and then you go forward to the year he's an adult um and there's a uh, a young teenage girl goes missing and then a um and then a teenage boy goes missing so it's a mystery it's pretty good and oh, then oh, yeah i love Love books like that. Yeah. Uh, so and yeah, and if you haven't read much of Harlan Coben, um, he's he's a huge Springsteen fan, and and all his books are really good. And uh, so and they do a routinely they'll run them on sale for two ninety nine in Kindles. So that's worth it. So you should Ooh, do that. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I finished one um, called More Than This, which has a very similar vibe in yeah. that it it opens with a kid's death. So, you know, he like he dies within the first two pages. Yeah. And the whole novel is kind of like a mystery. It was so good that I fin- I like I was like, OK, I have to do other work. And then I was like, or I could not do other work and finish this book. <laughs> yes. And I just had to like sit until I finished it, which was the first time I felt like that about a book in a very long time. Yes. OK, very cool. Um, so um, did you get to hear Bruce? um on E Street Radio, did you get to hear his little DJ session? No, I'm not sure how to access. So I'm not sure how to access E Street Radio if I don't have Sirius. Okay. Um, yeah. So right now I, they're, I, they're giving you a free access to Sirius for 30 days. Um, but um, 
everyone tweeted it, it was a very um eclectic playlist that was really good um and you know he kind of talked about it so yeah I'm, I'm sure it's available out there and they're going to be replaying it so yeah if you go to sirius xm on your computer um, won't frequently replay that yes absolutely and they will they're letting you have um you know a free sign on right now as in so many other things are um it's been kind of cool as many things that are depressing about this but it's also kind of cool the amount of entertainment that people have given for free i mean musicians hey i'm just going to set up a uh, facebook live and i'm going to sing and and if That's, you want uh, ryan bingham has been every single day he posts a video of himself singing a song from like his house and that has been excellent don't tell my forensic psychology professor but when his lectures get kind of boring i just go and watch whatever ryan bingham has released that day yeah and um, we've we've seen tons of um, you know different uh, other um, musicians and kind of talks. Brad Meltzer has been doing story times where he'll read uh, one of his I Am books. And just recently this week, Billie Jean King read I Am Billie Jean King, which was kind of cool. Oh, <laughs> that's so cute! Oh my <laughs> you know? god. Uh, so oh, that, that is adorable. I would have loved to have to check into that. Yeah, you have to. Get, yeah, I'm sure that's it's 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 on the line. You know, that's the beauty of these. So, um, so Bella. Well, that is. I mean, it has been nice to be quarantined in an era where there are there's like entertainment on the internet. Like, if I was quarantined in the Spanish flu times, I'd go nuts. Yes, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Uh, I agree. Um. So one of the things that I don't know if this is healthy or not, but um, Linda and I have gotten in the habit of um, doing a Trump press conference happy hour. And we do a, <laughs> we do a drinking game. We are trying to build a drinking game or a bingo. bingo. And so anytime he says, like, that's, that's, okay, that's a shot. That's a shot, you know, uh, and, <laughs> China. And uh, it's like, oh, like, there he's, he's patting himself on his back. We just go, um, uh, a lot of people said, why do you go put through that torture? And I said, well, we're, we're doing it more out of entertainment and frustration. So that. And, you know, you want to be aware of what's going on, but it's so horrible to listen to. You might as well, like, try to make it fun. Absolutely. So um, any thoughts on as we um as we're recording this, um, John Prine just passed away, um, and Bill Withers, uh, to say nothing of Kenny Rogers. Any thoughts? Um, I had not warned you beforehand, so it's okay if you have none. No, that's okay. Yeah. I, I mean, it is so, all the deaths are so very sad, but I would be talking out of turn to, you know, pretend I had huge connections to some of those artists, except for... Bill Withers, I once uh, dressed in drag and auditioned for the college all-male a cappella group by singing Ain't No Sunshine. They did nice. not take me. Okay. <laughs> um, but I, I have, you know, it's been really interesting watching the coronavirus and watching how the government has kind of responded to it. 
and comparing and contrasting that from the AIDS epidemic and looking at like, wow, we really learned nothing from a horrible virus that killed, you know, hundreds of thousands of people and caught America completely unprepared. We now have, we have, about how to respond to viruses and create a, a epidemiology program that can provide a rapid response and truly have learned nothing since like 1981, which is upsetting to realize. You, know, you always think your government is like moving in the right direction. I had not thought of that, but if you could expand on that a little bit, Bella, that's that's a pretty interesting thought. Yeah. So um, it's it's been it really. My father was saying uh, as he and my mom were they were like talking because my mom went over to bring him a, a homemade cloth mask, and they were talking about how like once again they're watching Anthony Fauci like be the adult in the room to a horrific public health crisis. The difference is that now, at least it's something the president is willing to acknowledge and talk about, even if he's downplaying the severity of it. But just like in the 1980s, like his lack of action and his misinformation has cost lives, particularly when he did that thing where he was like, I'm going to call it Chinese virus. It's like, no, 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 no. We learned that if you stigmatize a group of people, you make it harder to get people the health care that they need. So it's been very, I mean, I didn't expect Trump to be a student of public health history. So like, I, of course, he's reacting this way, but it is surprising that no one after the AIDS epidemic was like, let's give the CDC a little more money. So they're prepared when something like this happens. Give the CDC some independent authority so they can, you know, respond independently of the president when a public health crisis hits. No one did that. And we all just kind of sat on our hands and we're like, we're not going to have another epidemic. It's going to be fine. But yeah, and that I, is not how the health works. Yeah, it's, 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 that's an interesting point, Bella, because, you know, I've been sitting here. Um, I will also admit to when this first started coming up and, you know, in January and even in February, someone at my new job came to me and said, you know, I'm really worried about this, you know, coronavirus and what are we going to do? And, and she was very anxious and I was um, nice, but in my mind, I was rolling my eyes and going, come on, you know, you're me just, too. yeah, you're just being a little paranoid. It's going to be okay. And, uh, you know, fast forward a month later and I'm like, holy crap. Um, now, one of the things that I have, my new boss is very smart and uh, and the owner of our company is very smart. And, um, and they both learned, they said, you know, they were watching a lot of um, CNBC um, and Fox Business where these leaders from the west coast in seattle business leaders were saying everything they did wrong and so he said we were able to build from them like he was planning for us to oh, work from home yeah he was planning us to work from home like two weeks before he's like it's coming it's gonna make us we're gonna have to do this um and so we were ready you know almost you know we were starting this two weeks before our county dallas county put a lockdown he was already started he says i just know it's going to happen um oh that was 
really smart. Yeah. Um, but in, and what he, um, our boss and, and my new job is roadside assistance for RV the world. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, and so, um, and as part of that membership is if you own an RV and you buy uh, roadside assistance with us, um, we throw in roadside assistance for your personal cars. So, um, so we get automobile and RV. You know, people, I've locked my keys out. I've run out of gas. You know, I'm my car stopped. I, I need a jump. To I've gotten a wreck and I need my car towed. All kinds of things. And so, um, so David is our owner and he's had two town hall meetings and he's been, um, he says, I don't want you to gotta worry. We have the financial resources to ride this out. Um, and he says, the reality is I am more worried about when things go back to quote unquote normal. He says, because I think we will be very busy. I think that. Um, when this quarantine is lifted, people are going to want to get the heck out of Dodge and all oh, of a sudden yeah. traffic. I'm, I'm going to go. Absolutely not. Yeah. And traffic is going to be heavier than normal. So, and we're always busy in the summer anyway. So he says that, you know, we're just going to be really busy. So we need to do everything we can. And that's been our mantra to, okay, let's train as much as we can. Let's remind people, let's sharpen our skills so that when the floodgate opens, we're ready for it. Um, oh, that's so wow! Very prescient. It is. Look it's, at that. Yeah, it, it was. I'm. I'm. I'm feeling really blessed. I mean, you know, because yeah. um, there. Uh, it, it's. It's. It. It is a. Um, it's a very interesting dynamic. Um, the other bonus, uh, my boss. <laughs> in his previous life, worked on political campaigns. Um, And he, um, mostly state campaigns, local campaigns. No, I was going to say, he's familiar with chaos. Yes, and and he mostly, like, he was, um, he said he never was a party guy. It was, um, oh, Bella Pori is smart. She is someone I agree with her politics. I want to support Bella. Well, Bella's an independent. Oh, I don't care. I'm supporting Bella. I'm not supporting the Democrat. I'm not supporting the Republican. I'm supporting. Yeah. And so, um, so we've had very interesting discussions that I've never to a boss during the whole, um, this, when we were still, we were still in the midst of all the caucuses and the primaries of just a totally oh, never yeah. discussion I've never had with a boss before. And, uh, <laughs> and he probably, probably good, but because I only ever worked in, yeah, it would be like neglectful of my duties. If I had had those conversations with a boss, so like every day with one of my bosses would start with him being like, this is back in like 2015. He was like, yeah. what do you think Hillary's chances are? And I was like, I, I don't know. Walter. I just got here. I know as much as you do. No, but it, that was it. We would talk about, and, um, you know, he, um, he said, and I love this, he was a big Amy fan. And, Interesting. Um, okay. Yes, and, and he said that if he thought Mayor Pete 
had just a few more years experience or just a little bit something, he would mm -hmm. go to our owner and say, I need leave of absence because I need to go work for this guy. I, you know, I got to say, I respect him a lot more for recognizing the lack of experience because yeah. that was one of the things that, I mean, I, I was like, Pete needs to drop out like immediately because every time I see him on stage with his husband, I get a little closer to voting for him, um, which thankfully he dropped out before the New York primary. And now I don't even know if he'll be in New York primary, but right. neither here nor there. Um, but I'm, I'm glad he did. Please who is a mayor. Like, I, I can't do that. Yeah. That's not what this country needs. So I'm glad he recognized the, the maybe, you know, when Pete does his Senate campaign and takes out, yeah. who's the Indiana Senator? Gary something? No, that's a place in Indiana. I don't know who the other Indiana okay. Senator is. Yeah. Um, but I would love to see Pete run against that Senator. Yeah. Um, yes, I, I would too. But that was a f interesting discussion. And, um, yeah. you know, that he he kind of recognized and saw that. So uh, we haven't had a chance now that we're all remote, working remotely talking about the latest thing. Um, oh, I know. Yeah. Um, uh, a friend of mine who will go unnamed but texted me last night, and she was like, I'm not voting in the New York primary. She was like, I, I don't want to vote for Joe Biden any more than I have to. And I was like, and I respect that completely because also if Bernie's out, like, what is there to vote on the primary? We already picked the guy. But right. she was like, I'll, I'll vote in the general. I'll vote for Biden. I'll hold my nose. But like to ask me to do it in the primary is simply a bridge too far. Yeah. And I do think as we get into just a little politics, I think what would help that is his choice of a VP, I think, is really going to be um, important. And yeah, that's uh, gonna be interesting. It will be. Yes. Um, and I'm also curious to see how much the Bernie supporters will get on the Biden train and help. They never did the Hillary. And so if they I, I'm hoping that, um, you know, you just you need to show a picture of Ruth Bader Ginsburg and go, there you go. There's your <laughs> reason to vote. Right. <laughs> I mean, not just her. Um, Breyer is pretty old, too. Like, Ruth just seems old because she's frail. And she yeah. is. She's very old. But, like, Stephen yeah. Breyer is no spring chicken. Yes. And, you know, the the youngest conservative on the bench is Clarence Thomas. But, like, he could die, too. Yeah, exactly. So we want to do that. Um, but, yeah, I, I wonder how many people will show up and help. I also wonder... I, I think Biden runs a better campaign than Hillary, but I don't know. And I don't know what a campaign is going to look like, because I don't know if you guys have heard this down in Dallas, but in New York, they're talking about, like, this is not going to be the first quarantine. Like, yeah, we're all going to get out of this, but in, you know, we're going to have, like, three months in, you know, July where we by August, September, where we can be outside, and then we're going to have to go back into quarantine. Oh, I have not so heard I that. Oh, okay. Well, I hope I'm not, you know joking fear among listeners. No, 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 but not at all. I mean, that's an interesting, yeah. Everyone I know is talking about like, well, this isn't going to be the first quarantine. So we're all like, my friend was like, when quarantine's over, I'm going to go nuts. She's like, I'm going to stay out every night. I, I'm never going to stay in on the weekends. And then by the time I get exhausted of that, another quarantine will have rolled around. That's, that is an interesting theory. Um, no, I do not know that. I do though. Going back to your CDC, 
Um, and with the AIDS um, epidemic, um, it, it just, it does, it, it depresses me when I think about it that um, in this, there were, there were there were very doable steps very early mm-hmm. that we could have done to not eliminate this but to stem the loss of life and and, and you needed someone a you know s- some government organization to the president to give them the power to go okay we're going to do this like um i'm still in shock that there are you know, states where they do not have a mandatory lockdown. It just makes no sense. You know, yeah. I, I don't care how sparsely populated you are. Um, it just makes good sense. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I was, I was thinking about that and I was like, why did that ha- Like, why did I think coronavirus wouldn't be a big deal? Like what? Cause you know, I have to imagine that part of the reason the response was slow was not just, uh, executive mishandling, though that was a big part of it. And I think people were just, I don't know, I personally was very scared to admit the possibility that this was something really, really bad because we didn't feel prepared. You know, I was like, well, this can't be that horrible because we're not prepared for something that horrible. And I wonder if that was what was animating some people at the CDC, at like the executive branch, or if it was just like, this is fine, or, or if they... I think that with public health, I'm talking in circles, but I think it operates on, and I think that we're not very good at asking Americans to sacrifice things for unknowns. We want to know exactly why we're doing something. All I'm the same way. I want to know why I'm not eating meat and just to say, oh, it'll eventually help the environment. Like, that's not always enough. Yes. And I think that people were very people trump everyone was very reluctant to ask people to sacrifice anything when they were like well we don't even know if this is going to be bad like what if it's not bad and then everyone's mad and we ruin the economy for nothing and i think that they you know clearly waited too long Mm -hmm. but i i understand for the first time i was like oh i get how not that it was forgivable but i was like okay i see how these kinds of mistakes are made in situations like this when you can maybe be trying your best, but still being like, I don't know, let's wait and see. But you can't really wait and see with public health. It's just, it's going to happen. Yeah, and it's almost, if you had done a good job of curtailing this quicker, then you would have gotten the feedback of, well, see, it wasn't that bad. And people are like, no, 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 I mean, the reason exactly. it's not that bad is because we did this. Um, and Well, I think that's why it's really hard to do public health because you're like, we did such a good job. And people are like, what do you mean nothing happened? And it's like, yeah, exactly. Yes. Like, that was such a good job of us to have nothing happen. But I feel like if we if that happened, everyone would be like, God, I can't believe they asked us to do X, Y, happened. And so ultimately, I think it was probably like Trump being scared of making people angry before his re-election, which is gross. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and it is, you know, and it was very clear at first he was more worried about the stock market than he was health. Now, I do think he's he's at least come along. Um, and, and, you know, it's funny. One of the things I preface this with and and if you're a Trump supporter, I apologize. But, but I will say um, I'll look over at Linda and I'll pause it and I go, OK. 
you know I hate him. Yes, I know you hate him. But what he just said there, that was a good answer, right? Like, I, I think that's a, I think him not wanting to give a date when he thinks they're going to come is, that's the right answer to give that. Like, he, you know, um, and, and so but I always preface it, well, you know I hate him. But I still, My doesn't mother and mean... I have been saying, we've been saying, like, broken clock, broken clock. Because yeah. a broken clock is right at least twice a day. So, like, that's what he is. You're like, I guess if he says enough, one of them is going to be correct. Yeah. That is... So, like, some of the things he's done, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I admit, when I think he closed the borders, I was like, oh, my God, that's such overkill. That's so horrible. And then I was kind of reading about it, and I was like, oh, okay, no, that actually may have been a good call to prevent. And then a bunch of other countries around the world also were like, no flights in and out. If you're abroad, you have to come home immediately or you're not coming home at all. Yeah. So I was like... All right, Donald, you, you, you get one to quote your your lovely how many friends. He gets, well, no, he doesn't even get one. He gets half. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. Um, he, he gets a half point for not making it, like, that much worse, but it is truly just about as bad as it could be, I think. Okay, good. Um, well, the, um, what else do we need to visit about? before i know you have a party to go to though you are yes, socially distanced 80 my grandmother is uh 86 i believe and so we're having a family zoom call tonight because this woman she, I, as of two weeks ago she was like so i went on a walk with someone from my building and i was like grandma you have to social distance she's like no it's fine we live in the same building and i was like that's not how it works yes um yeah it, yeah exactly that's it um so anything else we need to cover um i don't think so i'm so happy you got a job even though now it's mostly work from home yeah i am too it um i, I have shared this um and chris and lynn and i have all talked about it sometimes you just get lucky but i was laid off january 2nd um i started interviewing Kind of after a couple weeks, they made me the offer. I started on February 10th. Um, so I was there for a few weeks before this hit. And you just go, what if the timing had wow, been changed? Need, right? Oof. If you were looking for a job in, well, that's, my dad is was job hunting. Now it's just kind of like, I'm going to wait until this all blows over. But yeah, to job hunt during the coronavirus would be nearly impossible i feel like yeah exactly and so that's good um so i do um i i um i by the way uh, coming up i have an episode uh with um the professor at monmouth that does the u.s history bruce springsteen show oh yeah uh, yeah yeah I'm I, I obsessed with that guy yeah and um and he was talking, one of the things he was talking about is how Bruce Springsteen is, seems to be adopted by different groups. And he, I think you shared me that where um, Bruce Springsteen is a lesbian icon, right? I, there was an oh, article yes. about lesbians, that. Yeah. Lesbians love him. Yeah. Yes. He's, uh, he's our butch mom. Yeah. And, um, and then some other, um, I forgot what, and I mentioned that you um we did an episode of his gayest songs and he specifically said can you send me the link to that 
because he says, I want to hear that. He says, I actually love oh, I hope you that enjoy. thought. Yeah, I thought so too. That's great. Um, all I'll right. Have to, I'll have to repost the, the blog. I have, I have a whole list of them that I'll have to repost sometime. Yes, uh, absolutely. We would love to do that. Um, all right. Um, you also are, are you, um, don't you, don't you have something else going on socially? On uh, the social I have, media? So, uh, yeah, it depends on when this is posted, but if it's posted soon, my Senator Fight Club will still be going on. So uh, we are doing a Tell list of head-to-head matchups to determine which senator would win in a fight. I love that so much. That is great. Um, yeah, so far, Kirsten Cinema is in the lead, so feel free to jump in and say what you think. And then soon coming up, I think, is going to be I don't know if I'm going to do a fight club or another ranking, but uh, something's coming down the pipe with Supreme Court justices. So look out for that. All right. Sounds good. Bella, um, tell us how we can reach you on social media. Uh, You can always follow me on Twitter. I am at Bella Pori. I'm the only one. Uh, One of my quarantine activities a couple days ago was trying to find out who the oldest female Pori is. My aunt by marriage. She at Bellacory on Twitter, and my blog is westwingbestwing at gmail.com. Don't find me on Facebook. I barely go on there anymore. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Bella, stay safe. Be careful. We'll check back in in three or four weeks. Might be in next month. Yeah, I'll we'll visit. That'll be good. All right. Thank you, Bella. Have a great night. Listeners, thank you, you so too. much. Be safe, everyone. Bye, Bye. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, said Listing Bruce. Set Listing Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.